When a matchup of epic proportions is about to occur in college football, you always see trash-talking and banter between the two participating fan bases. We see this every year with the greatest rivalries in college football, like the game between Michigan and Ohio State, and the Iron Bowl between Auburn and Alabama. Well, Alabama and Michigan are facing off in the Rose Bowl. Michigan is the one seed with a 13-0 record in a Big Ten championship, and Alabama as the fourth seed with a 12-1 record and an SEC championship. And these are the two teams that are top two in terms of national championship odds. According to odds, whoever wins this game will be the favorite, perhaps a significant favorite, to win the national championship. When it comes to brands and when it comes to fan base size, these are the two biggest fan bases, and I would say the two best teams in terms of blue blood status in the college football playoff, with Texas just barely trailing behind them and Washington not even being a blue blood. There is so much at stake in this game. As I've said time and time again, this is the college football playoff game that's sucking up the most oxygen. If you're a Washington or Texas fan watching this video, I am going to make another video or two, likely two, about the Sugar Bowl. But there's so much content that I want to make about the Rose Bowl, especially since it features Michigan, and also you have the intrigue of Alabama and Nick Saban. But something that the two fan bases keep throwing at each other is the term physicality. Oh, Michigan doesn't know SEC physicality. Or Michigan is the most physical team in the country. And what I want to do in today's video is ask the question and let you all decide for yourselves who is the more physical team. And I'm going to pour through pro football focus rankings, look at line of scrimmage play, and just give my general thoughts from what I've seen on film and watching live games. So sit back. Relax, and let's talk about what could be the most highly anticipated matchup of this college football season. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. And before we dive deep into talking more about the Rose Bowl, which there's just endless content to talk about, we cannot talk about the Rose Bowl too much, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release more Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl content. Outside of reacting to a few of the New Year's Six Bowl games, not necessarily all of them, but particularly the Cotton Bowl between Missouri and Ohio State and the Peach Bowl between Penn State and Ole Miss, as those feature Big Ten teams, all content from here on out will be focused primarily on the college football playoff. So hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when I talk about the matchups between Texas and Washington, which I think are intriguing. So there will be a video dedicated to that. I'm also going to release a video talking about a big reason, and I think it's only one reason that's necessary, but a big reason, maybe two, why I think Alabama can slash will win the Rose Bowl. And also, when I make my videos talking about some key points and critical strategies that I think that Alabama and Michigan in their matchup and Texas and Washington in their matchup will apply or could apply to help them win. Like, what do they need to do to reach the national championship game and compete for a national title? 
Lastly, check out my Patreon page if you want some access to bonus content based off of your tier, and also if you want to support the channel. And most importantly, outside of subscribing, is commenting your thoughts on this matchup down below and letting me know before you watch this video and also after you watch this video who you think is the more physical team and let me know if some of the things that I show you today changed your mind either way as to who the more physical team between the Wolverines and the Crimson Tide are. What I'm going to do is first and foremost I want to look at some pro football focus rankings and also this is a statistic that isn't touted or trotted out very often, but it's tackles for loss allowed. So that really looks at consistency among the offensive line. Doesn't necessarily declare who the best offensive line is because, you know, there's a downfield blocking and opening up big holes for big plays, but there is something to not allow opposing defenses to constantly get into your backfield. Areas where I think physicality is particularly determined, because obviously every position group contributes to physicality, but there is skill positions, and then I guess what we could call the physical positions. The skill positions are wide receiver, um, running back, although because the run game often works in with physicality, we're going to be talking about running backs here. Tight ends is a flex position. I'm not going to touch into that much, as it's more of a receiving position. There is blocking, yes, but I also think it's safe to assume that Michigan has the better individual tight end and the deeper tight end room, and I think even Alabama fans would agree with that. Quarterbacks, a skill position, and defensively, these are the secondary players, corners, nosebacks, safeties, etc. So we're going to be looking at the trenches of both the offense and the defense. Linebackers, because in a certain sense, they're the quarterback of the defense, and they're constantly involved in run-stop, blitz, pressure, especially when you look at the Crimson Tide. A Dallas Turner, edge, linebacker hybrid, and he's always getting in the backfield, and also running backs for the offense. So at running back, per pro football focus, Blake Corum is the highest-rated running back out of both the Crimson Tide and the Wolverines. Jace McClellan and Roydell Williams are rated behind Blake Corum, and then Donovan Edwards slides in at fourth. Corum is an 82 offensive rating. We're just going to round to the nearest whole digit. McClellan is a 79 offensive rating. Roydell Williams is a 75, and Donovan Edwards has a 70. Looking at center, Drake Nugent is the 13th best center out of over 400 teams because PFF includes FCS since it ties PFF rankings into NFL draft projections. Drake Nugent is 13th with a 77 offensive rating. Seth McLaughlin is 185th with a 61 offensive rating. At guard, Zach Zinner is hurt. Uh, if he was healthy, he would be the highest rated guard in this game with a 77 offensive rating. Jaden Roberts, has a 76 offensive rating. Tyler Booker has a 76 offensive rating as well. And Darian Dalcourt has a 70 offensive rating. Trevor Keegan only has a 68 offensive rating. And even when you ignore the snap minimum and you include some other players in for Michigan, it's primarily going to be tackle Carson Barnhart, who will fill in for Zach Zinner. They're on average rated below Alabama's guards. I would give guard to Michigan if Zinner was healthy, 
no question. But looking at these ratings and also looking at how Michigan's interior offensive line play noticeably took a negative dip in the Iowa game, Alabama could have the stronger guard play. Though with Drake Nugent, I think being a superior center to McLaughlin, I would still give Michigan the edge in interior trench play. Tackle is interesting. J.C. Latham is probably the best tackle out of both teams. He's 17th nationally per PFF with an 81 offensive rating, but Miles Hinton and Trent A. Jones are both ahead of Caden Proctor with a 73 and 70 offensive rating respectively. Caden Proctor only has a 65. And Carson Barnhart and Ladarius Henderson have a 63 and 60 offensive rating respectively. I think Michigan is deeper at tackle. I think on average they're much better at tackle and superior at pass pro, but Alabama does have the better individual tackle And that does count for something. Like earlier, we said at guard with Michigan, Zinner is the best individual guard, but him being hurt, I think that really changes things, or it could very much change things for Michigan and what their typical game plan would be. On the interior of the defensive line, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Chris Jenkins, Cam Good, and even Rashawn Benny are all rated higher than Alabama's interior defensive players, Tim Keenan III, Tim Smith, and Jaheim Otis. Mason Graham is an 87 defensive rating. Kenneth Grant is an 80 defensive rating. Chris Jenkins is a 79. Cam Good is a 79 as well. Rayshon Benny is a 72. Tim Keenan III is the highest for Alabama with a 70 defensive rating. Tim Smith has a 69, and Jaheim Otis is a 65. At edge, this is factoring in Defensive ends, traditional on the four-man front, and also edge positions like an outside linebacker whose primary focus is zoning in on the quarterback and pass rush situations. Josiah Stewart is shockingly rated the highest out of all edge players, both DNs and outside linebackers. He's 48th nationally with an 83 defensive rating. I still think Dallas Turner is better and Pro football focus is far from perfect, but it's still a good gauge to look at. Turner is an 83 defensive rating as well, but when you don't round, it's slightly lower than Stewart. Braswell is an 82. Derek Moore for Michigan is an 80. Then Justin Abogbe has a 78. I hope I got that name right. Jalen Harrell is a 77. Braden McGregor is a 75. And finally, I know it's taken us long to get here, but it's important. At linebacker, Michael Barrett, Jr. Colson, and Ernest Hausman all have a higher rating than Jihad Campbell, Deontay Lawson, and Tresman Marshall. Michael Barrett's third nationally per pro football focus in defensive rating with a 91. Colson is an 82. Hausman is a 71. Campbell is a 70. Lawson also is a 70. And Marshall has a 54. His highlight of the year, I think, was recovering that fumble against Georgia, the school that he transferred from last season. Both of these teams are physical. We constantly saw per pro football focus, they had players in the upper echelon of college football in terms of individual player rankings. And because they have elite staffs, Nick Saban is the best head coach in college football right now. I think Michigan has the best assistant and coordinator staff in the country. These teams and these individuals that make up the team play even better as a team than they do as individual players, and they're pretty darn good individual players on average. Like Dallas Turner, elite player. Jalen Milrow, talking about quarterback just briefly, but he has elite potential. 
And there's other players defensively, like Caleb Downs, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Malachi Moore. These are NFL secondary players. And for Michigan, you have Blake Corum. You have Zach Zinner and Trevor Keegan. I think Drake Nugent, while not Oluoluotimi, is still good. You have Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham. You have at cornerback Will Johnson. Mikey Sainer still is somewhat undersized for an NFL defensive back, but he's an elite college defensive back. And both of these teams, they're physical. That's what I'm going to say here. I'm not going to tell you who I think is the more physical team in this video, but both of these teams, I can say for a fact, are physical. Michigan is fourth in the country in tackles for loss allowed per game. They allow 3.38 tackles for loss per game on average. And Alabama is all the way down tied for 80th, allowing six tackles for loss per game. But as we know, Alabama has improved throughout the season, and these statistics factor in every game. So a downside of some of these stats is they don't necessarily factor in the improvements made on a game-by-game basis. If you have a really trash series of games early on, but you still win, you come out barely on top, and then you start rolling toward the middle end of the season, which is what Alabama did, those earlier games and statistics still count against you. Um, Sometimes it's justified because then when they play a really good team, they get smacked down. But then other times, like especially in the case of an Ohio State or an Alabama or a Georgia, these teams with insane talent and good coaching, it's because they fix themselves and they're ready to compete at the end of the season, maybe in a different way than they were early in the season when perhaps they were unfit at the time in week one or week two or week three for being a national title contender. And Alabama earlier in the season was far and away unfit. But now I do think that they are a national championship contender, not just because they're participating in the college football playoff, though that's a good indicator, but they're much better than TCU last season. They actually have that chance to win it all. We're talking about the Crimson Tide first here. Alabama, they have the most talented team in the country, and Nick Saban's teams are always tough. That's something that you will get out of Nick Saban year after year, is you are going to get good coaching, you are going to be fundamentally sound on defense. Uh, Even under Pete Golding, whose defenses were known more so for bringing pressure, but they were not elite most years, if any year that he was there, they were more so defenses that were there for the purpose of forcing turnovers, getting sacks, and just to quickly get the ball back to what was a high-powered offense under Nick Saban and coordinators Mike Loxley, Steve Sarkeesian, and in 2021 with Jamison Williams, Bill O'Brien from that 2018 to 2021 stretch. Saban this season has tried to become more physical, I think the area where you see it the best is defensively and also in how his quarterback Jalen Milrow scrambles. I mean, Jalen Milrow is a tough runner, and the pass rush is better than last year. I think the defense overall, the secondary in particular, is better than last season. And I know those things don't necessarily tie into what we think as physicality, but every position participates and how physical a team is. Obviously, I think that the trenches and the run defense and offense are more important. 
But Alabama has improved, I think, everywhere defensively in a lot of areas. I know that by efficiency metrics, the 2022 team was better, and I think the 2022 team had a higher ceiling. But watching them play against Tennessee, watching them play against LSU, this is last year, and then watching them play LSU this year when LSU is remarkably improved on offense, and defensively they took a step back, but regardless, I think LSU this year is better than LSU last year overall. Alabama this year was able to physically impose their will on LSU. The Jaden Daniels injury, I think, encapsulates that to a certain degree. Injuries suck, but they're a part of the game, and typically the team that is suffering more injuries in a given game against their opponent is the less physical team because the opposing team is just wearing them down and hurting them. Football's a physical game. It's a contact sport. Iowa, for example, in 2021, they beat Penn State because a, a, a lot of Penn State starters got injured in that matchup. I'm making Big Ten references because Big Ten football's the area that I'm most knowledgeable about. But people mentioned how, oh, well, it's just, you know, the injuries. If not for the injuries, Penn State wins. But the injuries are a part of the game because Iowa's just that much more physically tougher. And Alabama has... At times, like against Auburn, yeah, fourth and goal, 30-yard touchdown pass. That's something that is pretty crazy, not necessarily sustainable. But then there are other times where Alabama, they're a second-half team. Their defense just is like a bear trap in the second half. They're tough as nails. And with a solid run defense, an elite pass rush, their running backs, whether it's Williams or McClellan, I've seen them fight for yards after contact. And I'd include their quarterback run in the physical picture because Jalen Milrow is a powerful runner. And it's not just scrambling, but it's it's sometimes designed runs too. And he's very effective at it. I think that's the strengths of Alabama relating to their physicality and their run game. Their weaknesses are pass protection I think their outside run game that doesn't factor in Jalen Milrow could use work. I think they can be explosive on the ground because of Jalen Milrow, but at running back, I don't know if they can be very explosive there, and same with the outside run. And their interior offensive line play, that's something else. Seth McLaughlin, the center, and also Alabama's offensive line in its whole picture is still improving. They haven't hit their ceiling, but because of their youth there, I don't know how high their ceiling is. It's an area that could be contested, though, because with a month to prepare and how Alabama has improved throughout the season, this team could put on their best performance by a mile of the whole season after putting up one of their better performances of the 2023 season up against Georgia. Alabama, they have 67.1 plays per game. They take 27.7 seconds per play. So they chew clock and they're efficient because Alabama, and you'll see this with Michigan too, they're, I think they're outside of the top 75. I know they're outside of the top 75, but perhaps outside of the top 100 for both of them in plays per game. And in my perfect world, not only do you want your opponent to have the least amount of plays possible per game, you want yourselves to a certain degree to have less plays per game because then you're being more efficient. 
And there's at times where you want to go on that eight-minute, nine-minute drive and have tons of plays. But if you can score consistently, score touchdowns, get 10-yard passes, five to 10-yard runs, and maybe pop a 20 or more yard pass occasionally and be super efficient, you don't need that many plays per game to win. And you can still find ways to milk clock and rest your defense if you take time per play. And that's something that Alabama and Michigan do very well. They don't have to run a, plays, a ton of plays per game on offense because they use up every second of the clock and they efficiently drive down the field. For Alabama, it's more explosive plays, and for Michigan, it's more you know, 10-yard passes, some third-down pass conversions, and also some short runs. For Alabama, they have 40 rush attempts per game, 40.4 to be specific. They rush for 160.8 yards per game. They average 4 yards per carry. They only allow 33.6 rush attempts per game. They allow 124.4 rushing yards per game, and they allow 3.7 yards per carry. What you want to do to be a physical team is to have more rushing yards per game. More importantly, have more yards per carry. Show that every time you run the ball, on average, you do it better than your opponent does. That that is the mark of a physical team. I know that the run game is not the only part of football that determines physicality, but I would say it's the biggest part, along with trench play. And Alabama has improved on the offensive line, I would say on the defensive line as well, since the beginning of the season. Their rushing attack, this is where Alabama and Michigan have some similarities, is their running attack is not extremely explosive, but they find ways to be physical. They can pick up a yard, two yards, three yards, four yards. Alabama is good at converting fourth downs. They haven't attempted many fourth downs this season, but when they do attempt them, they're good at getting that conversion of getting that extra yard. Or I think against Georgia, they had a fourth and five, fourth and six, fourth and seven that they converted with the pass. This team is efficient. They're tough. They're well-prepared. They're becoming more disciplined. And like I said, to start off talking about Alabama, they have the most talented team in the country via high school recruiting rankings and 24-7 sports team talent composite. And Saban's teams are tough. They're always tough. I mean, they tackle well. They hit hard. They recover fumbles. They pick you off. They do whatever they can do to win. They're scrappy. They're tough. For Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines have one of the deepest teams in the country. This is more so factoring in experience and development as opposed to high school recruiting rankings. And they have a high level of toughness. Nick Saban teams are always tough. They have always been tough. This has not been the case with Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. Before 2021, Michigan teams, I got to be honest with you, were soft. Whether it was 15, 16, 17, 18, particularly 19 and 20. Those teams were soft. When they faced a team with comparable talent or superior talent via high school recruiting rankings, they would fold up like a lawn chair. That's not the case anymore. We've seen that with the fact that Michigan has beaten Ohio State for three years in a row. A team that according to high school recruiting rankings, is much more talented than Michigan. And looking at how they've developed NFL players and how, at times, they've been tough. This year, defensively, 
the previous two seasons offensively, that the fact that Michigan's beaten them for three years in a row is impressive, I have to say. This Michigan team is, in a certain way, like Alabama. You know, you have a good run defense. I think it's a run defense that is much better than Alabama's. I think Alabama's a solid run defense, which is still good. I think Michigan's elite. It's in a different stratosphere. But they're similar in that they have good rush defenses, particularly when you look at linebacker is where they're the closest. I think Michigan, we can all agree, has a much better defensive tackle room. I'd give Alabama linebacker, though. And these running backs get yards after contact. They fight. They're scrappy. Michigan is one of the best teams in the country at tackling. I still think their interior run game is the best of the best. By interior run game, I'm not just talking about the explosives because Michigan lacks explosiveness this year, but I'm talking about one, two, three, four yards up the middle. Michigan's pretty good at that. In fact, they're one of the better teams in the country at that. One of my questions for Michigan is the offensive line. How are they going to handle Zach Sinner's injury? Because he was Michigan's best offensive lineman this year, and having him out just hurts. I saw it against Iowa. Michigan's run game was stymied. Iowa was getting pressure up the middle, not just on the edge, like they were blowing through the interior offensive line and would sack J.J. McCarthy. We didn't see them struggle much after Zinner's injury in the Ohio State game, but Iowa's defense is more aggressive, and the more bodies you bring, the more bodies the defense brings, it helps on your offensive line to have an elite player like Zinner who can double-team people, who's experienced in his position, and who's, look, he's an NFL offensive guard. Alabama's defense is going to be more aggressive than Ohio State's. Ohio State's defense is elite. I think, personally, it's better than Alabama's defense, but a weakness of Ohio State's defense this season is they were too conservative, and you saw that in the Michigan game when they were still playing bend but don't break in the final eight minutes of the game, and that allowed Michigan to chew up seven minutes of clock and get a field goal because Ohio State just would not take that risk and send a blitz or send more pressure or try and force themselves into the gaps to shut down Michigan because they were afraid that by taking that risk, this is my thought process, I don't know if this is what Jim Knowles is thinking, but there's a risk that when you send that many people forward and don't leave any help behind, Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards or whoever Ohio State or your defense is defending, if you don't play that perfectly, they can break off for a big run instead. Alabama is going to play fearless. There were times that Ohio State was playing scared in the game. I think defensively they were late in the fourth quarter. There's an argument to say Ryan Day was for much of the game, but I would counter that by saying that his offense wasn't good enough matchup-wise or depth-wise against Michigan's defense to be aggressive. They had to take what they could get against Michigan's defense, but that's a topic for another day. Alabama's defense is going to go all out. They have a month to prepare, a month to get disciplined, to get set in their game plan. And as much as Ohio State's defense, on average, I'd say is better than Alabama's, Alabama has Nick Saban, who is not just 
a GOAT at head coach, he's an elite defensive mind, and Kevin Steele has worked with him multiple times and is a respected defensive coordinator as well. Explosive run plays have been a problem for Michigan this season, along with the outside run game, not just due to Michigan's weakness at tackle and some injuries there for much of the season, but Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, I don't know if they're operating at 100% physically for both of them or even 100% mentally for Donovan Edwards. Um, It's been a tough year on Edwards, and personally as a Michigan fan, I hope that he breaks out and has a great game in the Rose Bowl, but I'm going to have to see it in order to believe it. Michigan has 63.5 plays per game. They take up 31 seconds per play. They average 37.8 rush attempts per game, and they average 161.9 yards per game on the ground. This Michigan rushing attack is not as effective, not nearly as effective as the 2022 rushing attack, and overall I would say it's inferior to the 2021 rushing attack as well. They average 4.3 yards per carry, the Wolverines do. Their opponents only average 29.8 rushing attempts per game. Though in terms of rushing attempt percentage, so the percentage of total plays that you allow per game, how much of those are run plays, teams lean more toward the run against Michigan than they do Alabama. And I think part of the reason for that is over the past two seasons, Michigan's pass defense has been objectively and even just through a simple eye test and basic analytics, they've been much better than Michigan's run defense. The reason TCU beat Michigan last year is because they own Michigan's line of scrimmage. They ran the ball very well, and they slowed down the run. Michigan actually had the better passing game, even when you factored in J.J. McCarthy's two pick sixes. And against Michigan State in 2021 and Georgia in 2021, it was the same reason. Michigan State stymied the run, and with Kenneth Walker, they could run. Almost 200 rushing yards and five touchdowns. And Georgia slowed down the run, even forced a fumble from Corum and had several tackles for loss and sacks. And they could run the ball with Samir White and James Cook. You have to out-physical Michigan to beat them. And that's the case with most good, great, near-elite, or in the case of Michigan, I think, elite teams. You have to out-physical them to beat them. That isn't always the case. Georgia last year almost lost to an Ohio State team who certainly wasn't as physical as them due to Ohio State's wide receivers having a massive advantage over a Georgia secondary that was overrated for much of the season. And I think we could see a similar story in the Sugar Bowl, where Texas could be the more physical team, but because of Washington's edge at wide receiver and Texas having one of the worst secondaries in the country, combining that with Jonathan Brooks being injured and Quinn Ewers having some up-and-down moments, there's a chance that Washington could win that game while typically being the less physical team on any given weekend. But the Michigan Wolverines are one of the deepest teams in the country. They're tough as nails. I'd say Alabama is as tough as nails. Both of these teams are very tough. Michigan beat Penn State on the road, controlled that game. They escaped Maryland. It takes a physical team to escape a team that's just playing their A-plus game and when you're having a down week. And they beat Ohio State, who I think is one of the best teams in the country. In fact, I think Ohio State's a top-four team. They just didn't make the college football playoff. And Michigan has faced 
several of the best defenses in the country in Iowa, Penn State, and Ohio State. So I trust the Wolverines being a tough team. I trust the Crimson Tide being a tough team. Who do you think is the tougher team? Let me know down in the comments section below. And for Alabama and for Michigan, the Crimson Tide have played some of the best offenses in the country. Michigan has played some of the best defenses in the country. I am excited to see how they match up in the Rose Bowl. That's something that I'm very excited about. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Remember to like, subscribe, and click the notification bell. Thank you to my Heisman patron, Crash2488, for sponsoring this video. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American patron, for sponsoring this video. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah, my All-Conference patrons, for sponsoring this video. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.